Hi, I'm Delphine Lewis Linton, a student at Grand Canyon University, currently pursuing a Master of Nursing degree. Today I will be discussing issues associated with distance health education of patients, specifically efforts related to online patient education. This discussion will address the importance of patient education and methods to get said education to patients. I will identify methods that can be employed to assist patients in obtaining access to online health education courses. These methods range from explaining available resources to industry changing solutions to facilitate patient access to information. So sit back, relax, and let's spend the next 10 to 15 minutes learning how we can impact health through patient education. Part one, the theory. Constructivist theorists assert that learning is an active and constructive process where the learner is the information constructor. David, in 2015, proposed that the learner actively constructs their own subjective depiction of an objective reality. The depictions are subjective as the learner links new information to prior learning. It can be concluded based on this theory that each learner therefore may derive a different outlook after the learning session, depending on his or her previous knowledge. The question then is, if the prior knowledge was incorrect and the new knowledge is simply added to it, has learning truly taken place? Merriam-Webster in 2018 describes learning as a process wherein a skill or knowledge is acquired by study or instruction and leads to a change in behavioral tendency. The suggestion of a change in behavior suggests that previous knowledge should be corrected where it was wrong and reinforced where it was correct during learning. Part two of this podcast will address why we teach patients and how we get the information to the patients. Patients possess knowledge and beliefs that may or may not be accurate. Possession of accurate health information is essential to preventing mortality and reducing morbidity in the patient population. It is widely known that cultural and life experiences shape actions, beliefs, and knowledge. Patients are generally of varying levels of knowledge and skills, and some of that knowledge may have been misinformed. Patients therefore require instruction to correct misconceptions and to guide them to new fact-based information. However, time constraints and personal responsibilities differ for individual patients. In addition, patients may have physical impairments restricting travel or restricting sitting for prolonged periods. These factors result in difficulty scheduling specific times for learners to physically meet with fellow patients and with the educator in a traditional learning setting. Increasingly, 
the best method of communicating to a group of learners is through distance education programs, particularly through online education programs. Part three of this podcast will address issues with online education. Distance education programs are not without issues or complications. A major issue with online education is the availability of the technological resources necessary for online education. And these include internet access and internet capable devices. According to the Pew Research Center, 77% of Americans own a smart device. If it is assumed that this is representative of the patient population, this means that 23% of patients lack the necessary access to participate in online education. The patient population consists of individuals from varying socioeconomic levels, so the matter of obtaining access for an online education program may be difficult based on poverty. Patients may need to choose between meals, medication, or internet access. Internet service may also not be sufficiently available where the patient lives. Another restriction may be that the patient does not comprehend the importance of health education and therefore may not prioritize obtaining access to online education. With the issue identified, Part four of this podcast will address what health providers can do to assist patients with internet service and internet capable devices. Health providers in a leadership position for the development of patient education programs can create strategies to address the issue of the lack of technological requirements for online learning. These strategies should begin at the first point of contact with the patient and the health provider. For the specific patient education program, patients should be referred to the program by his or her health provider based on the identified learning need. During the referral period, the health provider should ensure that the patient has the necessary technological requirements for the program. Where the patient lacks these, then strategies should be employed to assist. Where the problem is the internet service, internet service can be costly. Without specifically highlighting any internet service provider, there are several who now offer low-cost internet service, which would benefit lower-income patients. Patients who qualify for social assistance programs, such as Medicaid, could also benefit from federally funded internet service as well as internet capable devices from programs such as the Lifeline Assistance Program. Patients may not be aware of these programs and informing them of their availability may be sufficient to have them access the service. Patients could also be encouraged to access the internet through local public libraries or at local community centers. Where the issue is the accessible devices. Mm -hmm. 
As, as stated before, several internet service providers offer low-cost internet accessible devices. As a health provider who believes that patients' health could improve from participating in distance education, this speaker believes that investing in low-cost internet accessible devices that could be rented out to patients would be a worthwhile investment. These devices could be loaned to patients for the period of the course and only billed if the patient does not return the devices. The cost of purchasing them, even if some are not returned, would likely be less than the cost of non-payment of bills to the health institution. This would benefit the society on a whole as well because the lack of education may lead to prolonged illnesses which would decrease productivity of the patients. The facility could also facilitate patient access to online education by having one or two computers available during specific periods at the facility. Patients could then come in and access the education online. While there are solutions to the problem of patients not having access to the internet, alternative contingency plans may also be put in place to assist patients in accessing distance education. Prior to the invention of the internet, Distance education existed in the form of mailed education material. Students would receive the information along with a return postage envelope to return the results. There was limitation with clarifying information and responses were delayed. However, the program was effective. As a developer of an online patient education course, this speaker would create the material in paper format that can be mailed to patients who, despite the available assistive resources, is unable to access the material on the internet. The information could be mailed to the patient who does not have access to the internet. This would ensure that despite the limitations, the patient can still participate in the health education course. This would also benefit patients who are not internet savvy. The sixth and final section of this podcast will address collaboration with health insurance providers. On a grander scale, there is more that health care providers should be doing. Nurses are not only patient advocates. Nurses are consumers and voting constituents and therefore should be lobbyists as well. Nurses understand the importance of health education in patient care. Health education can prevent illnesses and promote health, thereby reducing costs. Health industries such as health insurance companies are in the business of making a profit while facilitating health care. As such, this Speaker believes that health insurance companies can be lobbied to finance tools aimed at improving health through education. Some health insurance companies provide free glucose testing devices for patients diagnosed with diabetes.
it could be argued that knowledge deficit is a very credible diagnosis and one that is uniquely responsible for a wide variety of illnesses and could serve as the cure or at least a necessary treatment for all illnesses. Access to online education, therefore, would be a form of treatment. As stated above, education changes behavior, which in many cases is all that is necessary to manage many chronic illnesses and injuries. Health insurance companies, therefore, should be lobbied to finance tools that support distance education of patients. There are complications with distance education of patients. These complications have solutions, however, and they should not restrict patients from accessing distance education. You have been listening to Delphine Lewis Linton, student at Grand Canyon University, currently pursuing Master of Nursing. You can find the transcript for this podcast, along with the references used in this podcast, at my blog at delrneducate.wordpress.com. That's D-E-L-R-N-E-D-U-C-A-T-E dot W-O-R-D-P-R-E-S-S dot com. Thanks for listening. I hope you learned something. Hi, I'm Delphine Lewis Linton, a student at Grand Canyon University, currently pursuing a Master of Nursing degree. Today I will be discussing issues associated with distance health education of patients, specifically efforts related to online patient education. This discussion will address the importance of patient education and methods to get said education to patients. I will identify methods that can be employed to assist patients in obtaining access to online health education courses. These methods range from explaining available resources to industry changing solutions to facilitate patient access to information. So sit back, relax, and let's spend the next 10 to 15 minutes learning how we can impact health through patient education.